Welcome back to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Today is a special solo episode just by me, yours truly, Jack Wallace. So it's not going to be very long this time. I know we love to have Noah here, but unfortunately today that is just not going to happen, sadly. Uh, He's on a flight going back into Fort Worth now uh, from Tennessee, so it's going to take him a little bit longer to get in, but we still have some great content here for you. It's just going to be a little condensed today. So starting off here, we're going to go ahead and look at what we've done this weekend so far in our picks. And so far, not really gone great. Uh, College football, as everyone saw this last week, was absolutely bonkers. We went 4-7 and in our picks. And yeah, that's pretty bad. And trust me, we know what we're doing. Just not this week. Uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, I actually had the Badgers and you're getting it done. But uh, thank you very little, Graham Mertz. I ended up losing. We both picked the Arkansas upset correctly, but we did not pick Clemson or Iowa State falling as well as Kansas State. So those three got wrong. We did get UCLA defending it. Uh, I got Washington over Cal. That's the one I got over Noah. But then we both missed TCU, SMU, and UNC Georgia Tech and Liberty Syracuse. But we did pick Florida to take down the Tennessee Vols, which was not exactly surprising. In our NFL picks, Noah bested me yet again. He went 12-4. and I went 11-5. and So overall, pretty good week for us as well. We ended up getting most games on that correct, but we'll get more to that in the NFL episode. But Moving on to the college football week three recap. Now, this one is going to be an interesting look at this weekend. And actually, sorry, week four. I I wrote week three in here. But for week four, biggest point here is TCU. Now, we know that TCU lost the game. That was a brutal loss to SMU. And this was a game that, oh, man, it was painful to see. It really, really is. And to look back on it, we're going to go look at some of these stats in here and and I'm going to pull it up just just to show you how much this how frustrating this game was because I mean we look at this scoreboard right here we see on the screen 42-34 not exactly the best score line here but look at the percentage look at the second half that's where it kills us because there's no fight there's no urgency there was nothing in this team when you allow almost 600 total yards 600 For a team that knows what we're doing on defense, we're one of the most touted defensive teams in the Big 12 for years now. And you have 500 yards, sorry, 595 yards. You still get three turnovers. You get three turnovers back, but you allow way more first downs, possessions not in your favor, and you let up these big touchdowns in the second half. And it's these kind of plays that you just can't give up. And I know that we still had some solid players here. I get Zach Evans with a good stat line. Max Duggan with a very solid stat line. Tate Barber with a very solid stat line. You have some guys in this offense that can really ball. And again, 34 points, I'm not going to complain, but it just kills me. It absolutely kills me that the defense was just so terrible in this game for a game that TC really needed to win because your first two games were against Duquesne and Cal, two teams that we didn't exactly have a ton of faith in, and usually for good reason. And now these guys, you're going to lose to SMU, and, and that's what kills me is that it's a team that is very beatable, a team you should be able to knock down and a team that really is disappointing. So I don't know what's going on with Gary Patterson. I don't understand here. I don't know what's going on as Max Duggan as a passer. Cause yeah, 276 yards isn't bad, but he's still missing a lot of good reads. He's still not looking excellent as a passer that we thought he was going to be. And it's just, it's frankly become frustrating and we don't really know where to go from here. Looking at my biggest winners and my biggest losers. Now this one is, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into this because our first winner here, and I got to give him credit, Sam Pittman and the Hogs. Arkansas, baby, finally back. Since 2015, this team has been a joke, but those days are now no more. 
this is now an Arkansas team that is a dangerous Arkansas team, that is an impressive Arkansas team, and above all, is a respected Arkansas team, something that we haven't had in really seriously a while. And again, since 2015, and we're looking at a team that actually can be a serious contender. And I moved up from 16 to number eight after this last weekend's win against Texas A&M. But this weekend, at Georgia. Next weekend, at Ole Miss. Week after that, Auburn. And it gets tougher and tougher. And so that those games are very, very brutal. They have to play at Alabama. And even at LSU, that's always a hard game. So, yeah, this is really, really tough. I don't know if Arkansas is going to pull this out. They're sitting right now at second in the West Division in the SEC, of course, only with one conference game played. A little tough to judge that. But really impressive work by Arkansas so far. Really can't praise them enough. Uh, my next winner up here is going to be the legend of 44. Now, if any of you haven't heard of this, 44 is a legendary number at Syracuse University, a number that has coincided with nearly every major running back that this university has ever produced. And, I mean, you have guys like Ernie Davis. You have guys like Jim Brown. People that have been huge names throughout the college football world have gone to and have succeeded at Syracuse. But we now have another one that may possibly be in there. Maybe not quite yet. But he's making his case, and that's Sean Tucker. He, uh, before at least uh, Kenneth Walker Jr., or sorry, Kenneth Walker the, the fourth of Michigan State, was able to pass him in this this weekend. But he had second in the nation in rushing yards, had a fantastic performance against Liberty this last week, uh, which the Syracuse Orange ended up winning that game by a last-second field goal. Really, really great work here. Fantastic job by Sean Tucker and this Syracuse team that really showed out and it showed really well. I mean, the Orange are 3-1 and one this season, beat a – very, very bad Ohio team, lost to Rutgers, and I wasn't sure what the season was, but then blew out an Albany team that was considered to be, again, not very good, but 62 points is still pretty dang good. And then Liberty showing up strong, being fantastic in that game, and now they have at Florida State this weekend in Tallahassee for a game that, I mean, that could be a huge one, especially for Florida State team that we know is awful, 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 awful. They need to come out and win that game big because then after that, they got Wake Forest and Clemson back-to-back. Now, both those games are at home. But both those games are against very good teams in the Atlantic, at least comparatively to Syracuse the last few years. Obviously, Clemson has fallen off dramatically. But, I mean, Wake Forest is looking like a serious threat, so I have to give them a lot of credit there. But, yeah, Legend of 44 continues to grow. Sean Tucker is a guy that I think is absolutely worth believing in. He's a fantastic player and even better man. And if you want to even look at other stats of him, seven touchdowns, 83 carries. He has the second most running yards in the nation. I mentioned that, but he also has the second most touchdowns on only the 10th most carries of all running backs in the country. He has the highest yards per carry, which is six and a half of any running back over 80 carries. He's legit. It's a great running back. This is one of the top running backs in the country. Watch for him to run the ACC. This is very exciting. I cannot wait to see what he ends up doing. After that, our next big winner and our final big winner today fourth quarter ducks now of course we talked a lot about pac-12 on this podcast and a lot of bad about pac-12 on this podcast and i think a lot of it for good reason because the pac-12 have done a lot to disappoint us and i think a lot of that's very fair i mean they're they're a conference that tends to fail quite often when it comes to big national games they don't really get it done a lot but they got a lot done in bowl games last year they're getting a lot done so far this season at least within one particular team and that is oregon oregon has looked like a very very strong team so far this season they have been impressive through and through. And again, I know they've only played one particularly super hard team with being Ohio State and showing off fantastically. But this Oregon fourth quarter team is fantastic. Now, they weren't exactly the best in week one, but since then it has been really good in the fourth quarter. And especially that came this last week. Now, this was 
a week that they then won and led in every fourth quarter. They've outscored opponents 55 to 17 in the final frame. It's been looking pretty good. They had, I think, a 17-0 run against uh, Arizona despite a very good comeback by the Wildcats. This is going to be big. And now Stanford beat USC last week, and that's the team that Oregon will be going to this weekend. And, yeah, we know that USC is not all that cracked up to be, so uh, patting myself on the back for that terrible take preseason. But, you know, Oregon could have a big run here. They don't have a particularly hard schedule. In fact, I think they're actually in the top five by ESPN in terms of easiest schedules remaining. Now, at UCLA will be a tough game, but other than that, they're pretty much all easy games or potentially trap games. Oregon looks pretty set after that win against Ohio State, but is looking very, very good for the Ducks. Coming up now, my losers. Who are the biggest losers of this week? Because we got a pretty good list in here. Now, first up on here is a guy that I... Oh, man. Graham Mertz. What are you doing, kid? What are you doing? Because this is a guy that I have been absolutely fuming about because he was so high last year on me. He was so high. I was so happy for him. He was going off. Looked fantastic. And then reality set in because reality is the fact that Wisconsin is not a very good football program and Graham Mertz is not a very good quarterback to lead them. And if you want evidence to why he's not a good quarterback to lead them, I have a whole bunch for you because we're going to start off with looking at, let's say, hmm, how does his stats look? Well, so far this season, he has three touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and an average of 178 passing yards a game through three games. And then he has a 3-5 and five record in his last eight starts, 566 yards a season, which is 99th among all quarterbacks. One touchdown is tied for 115th, and his three or sorry, six interceptions is tied for 117th. Truly, truly awful stats. Very disappointed in what he's been so far. And they still have to play Michigan and Iowa. Again, the Illinois Rutgers, Northwestern, and Nebraska on the schedule are far worse teams. They should be better. This team is still very, very possible to make a bowl game, but Michigan this weekend, I, I'm still struggling to say Michigan's a super legit team, but I don't think beating Wisconsin is going to be way too much to boost their resume, but they cannot lose that. But yeah, the W logo for Wisconsin is uh, quite misleading, at least so far. Next up, a name I've been waiting to say for quite some time. It felt like it was never appropriate, but oh, now it is. And it is our friend, our great, great friend down in South Carolina, and that is Dabo B-Y-O-G, bring your own guts, Sweeney, because he is a guy that is so much fun to make fun of, and we finally have a good reason to, because Clemson is fraudulent. Finally, we can say that and say it with a lot of confidence, because this is absolutely embarrassing. This is embarrassing. Clemson is just so, so sad now. They fall to North Carolina State in double overtime after a terrible, terrible game. And they looked awful against Georgia Tech. This should have been called an upset. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't say this. But, yeah, DJ Uyengalele is just not that good. He's just not 12 for 26, 111 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen that kind of stat line from Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence in college, at least. I mean, that's nearly unheard of. And, I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing. It's a terrible stat line. It was not a very good team so far. I know the Georgia loss looks bad, but, I mean, as Georgia continues to increase – their threshold this season and keeps on getting better and better. Honestly, that win for Georgia looks worse now, considering that that should have been a much easier win based on how Clemson has played their last few games. I mean, that's four games total and three of them Clemson has looked really, really poor in. And the one game they looked really good in was against an FCS school. 
I mean, you barely beat Georgia Tech. You lost to NC State. You lost to Georgia. That's four games in looking not good. And frankly, Clemson being ranked is still pretty shocking to me. They have not looked good in any game against an FBS opponent this year. And I think a lot of that relies on Dabo Sweeney because if you can recruit these kids, you can get all these guys in. You still have all these five stars on your roster. There's no reason that you should have played like that through these games. And I think they need to be held accountable. So, yeah, the ACC is not going to the college football playoff. Not going to happen. Those days are done, at least for this year. And my last one up here is any and all chances of the boat rowing. Now, if you're familiar with this, this is a reference to the University of Minnesota, our friends up north. And, oh, man, uh, this actually was my uh, lead-in of the week on our Payne Olympics chart, but I think is working out pretty well here. Because uh, the Big Ten Big Ten looked rough in terms of uh, – I know we told you Wisconsin, Big Ten North just not looking great, or sorry, Big Ten West. But, yeah, Minnesota – Come on, guys. This was a 14 to 10 loss to Bowling Green. Bowling Green, 30 and a half point underdogs, came into Minnesota and rocked their house. 21 straight non conference wins for the Golden Gophers snap. Oh, man. <laughs> that is pretty sad. Now, Bowling Green is a team that, I mean, I have nothing against them. Always uh, love to get some action going on. And, and yeah, I don't think Minnesota was ready for the action. I don't think they're ready for that at all. And it ended up going about as badly as they could suspect. I mean, they didn't want to blow out or anything, but while I watched a lot of that game at the end, and I, you got to win. You got to win those games. You have to show up. You have to show strong. And the reality is they did not. Looking at some of our other top games here, we have some pretty good ones uh, left. We're just going to scroll through some of these here. Uh, Oklahoma beating West Virginia by three. Offense still looks very, very poor. This team is just waiting to collapse at this rate. Uh, yeah, booze came in for Rattler. Uh, people were... <laughs> We're calling for him to get out, which, again, is pretty fair because if you watch how they played that game, not a lot of praise is going to Spencer Rattler, which I think is continually falling down. And um, I may see if we can get any kind of thing for it here. But, uh, yeah, here's a video of it um, for as sad as this is so I can pull it up once it loads. But it's just – if you're Spencer Rattler, man, you got to do better than this. And I'll pull it up right here. Yeah. And, I, and, and if you go back, when Spencer Rattler threw that interception, I thought, I thought you and I heard something after he threw that interception yeah. here in Norman. Take a listen. The chant is, we want Caleb. We want Caleb. We want Caleb, and that's the best you can do. That's the best you can do. So, yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, this is something that's really tough to see if you're an Oklahoma fan, but fortunately I'm not, so I don't need to worry about it. But, yeah, it's very unfortunate for Oklahoma. We'll see if they're able to sort of rebound it. Again, they're still win- They're still undefeated. It's an undefeated team, but a lot of work left to go. Uh, next up, we have a woo-pixuey moment because Arkansas is still rolling. I know we talked about them a little bit, but, yeah, this is a really, really big win. We love to shout out the Hogs. College game day this week. Super, super excited. Uh, Baylor over Iowa State. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, too, but Baylor is looking actually really solid now. They're ranked for the first time in a while, and frankly, they deserve to be. It's been a fantastic season for them, and you know what? I'll give them credit where it needs to be. Michigan barely beats an unranked Rutgers in a battle of 3-0 Big Ten teams. Michigan moves up five spots for some reason. It was a 20-13 to win. It was very ugly. And Auburn even did the same thing to Georgia State, but they still won this game, so... Not a lot of confidence so far with those teams, even though, again, they're still winning, but it's just sort of tough. Uh, and you can even add on Michigan State to that. Michigan State almost blows it to Nebraska. 
Wins by three in overtime. You can't beat Nebraska in overtime. It's a terrible Nebraska team. you got to get better than that. So all three of those teams really should take a long look in the mirror after that. Uh, also, OK State losing a lot of games this year. But did they blow their ranked game against K-State? No, they did not. Kansas State showing up incredibly strong uh, over this past few weeks and then totally fell flat against Oklahoma State, a team that we I kind of wrote off a lot. But you know what? Shout out to you, folks. Getting up showing out big and impressed me at least. A couple of games to highlight. Uh, Georgia Tech absolutely destroys UNC in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, in an incredible win. Now, Howell still throws for over 300 yards and gets two scores, but ended up not really meaning much as North Carolina took an early lead, then surrendered 27 points in a row. And Georgia Tech took complete control of the game and never looked back. North Carolina with only eight points to Georgia Tech's 18 in the fourth quarter, too. This was a real rough outing for the Heels, a team that, again, like Clemson, had looked really good this year preseason. Everyone looked at them a lot and said, oh, this is their year, this is their year, this is their year. And they totally fell off. So complete chaos once again in the Coastal, uh, which, you know, when is there not? But really fantastic work by Georgia Tech to come off and get a really big win for what's been a rough season so far. But that's a really big-time win. And up next, we have our Agony Olympics, one of my favorite sections. We always love to have a little bit of fun in here. But this one, we're going to start off with Bowling Green, Minnesota. I know we mentioned it, but I just got to say it again. Bowling Green, Minnesota, I cannot believe that they won this game. But, yeah, it's still incredible. Still have no idea how. Uh, Texas Tech defensive coordinator, I don't even know I'm going to mention his name because why would we need to? He gave up 70 70 points to Texas. Uh, the Horns absolutely laid a hammer down on the Red Raiders. A frankly disgusting kind of win. And Texas going to TCU on a hot streak. I'm a little worried, even though I know we usually beat them. But I, if there's a time to worry, I think it's now. Florida State continues to be a terrible football program. Loses again to Louisville this week. Uh, I can add it to the list. And lost by a lot, too. It wasn't close. So will Syracuse get that big win over them? Uh, boy, I hope so, because Florida State has looked awful this year. Duke beating Kansas by 19 and scoring 52. I know we dogged on Duke a lot preseason and throughout most of the year, which they still deserve that, but you beat them by 19. I mean, ah, if you're Kansas here, where do you go? I mean, it's just we keep talking about this for years and years and years now, and they just refuse to be decent. It's so sad. Uh, Tulane also did the same thing, a team that actually, unlike Kansas, had some hope this season, but that quickly fell apart, lost to UAB once again and is now one and three despite so many close losses, but really a shame there. And then also USC. Oh God, the USC Trojans are not fighting too much now. 45-27 Oregon State of all teams. Oregon State absolutely bodies USC. Very much a shame there, but again, nothing too shocking based on what we've seen from the Trojans so far. Up now we have our AP top 25 in week five. And we can take a look ahead at this. So, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, no changes there. Shouldn't have been any changes there. We have Penn State moving up two to number four. And actually, why I say all this, we can go ahead and get the uh, get the AP poll up so we can go ahead and see who is at all these points for us. And here we go. Just getting it up. One second. Yeah, I just want to make it easier to go ahead and follow along with. 
All right, here we go. Our top 25s. We're starting out Alabama, Georgia, Oregon. No change there. No right there. Now Penn State moving up two spots. I think that was a, a good little shift for them, as well as Iowa staying steady for their close win. And then Oklahoma moving down a little bit. Deservingly so. West Virginia unranked. No reason to move them up here. Cincinnati moving up one. Arkansas up eight. Big, big, big shift for them for that AM win. Notre Dame up three for their impressive win against Wisconsin. Florida moving up one for the Tennessee W. Ohio State moving down two for just sort of staying there. Ole Miss three, kind of the same reason, not going up a spot. They didn't play this week. Brigham Young up a couple as well. They're having a surprisingly solid season. Michigan, same thing for them, though, again, confusing why they got this because of the Rutgers win. So I I, I just I, – I don't understand. Very confusing. Uh, Texas A&M moves down a lot for the Arkansas loss. Makes sense. Coastal Carolina quietly moving up the polls. Very, very quietly, but still there. Michigan State up three spots despite the close uh, victory against uh, Nebraska. Not quite sure why they moved up that much, but I guess we can see there's a lot of movement here. Uh, Fresno State, same thing, moving up four for just winning their game. Oklahoma State, the big win over K-State, which knocked out the Wildcats. UCLA up four for their win again this week against Stanford. Baylor hops up into the rankings with that big Iowa State win, deservingly so up there. Auburn uh, moves up one because they just are determined to stay in the mid-20s despite their close win against Georgia State. No reason to move them up. NC State, again, that Clemson win, which puts Clemson down a couple. And then Wake Forest continues their winning ways. Others receiving votes, we got Texas, Maryland, San Diego State, BC, SMU, rounding out at least those first five teams. And North Carolina is still with a vote after that Georgia Tech loss. So, again, there are a few teams in here like Wisconsin that fell out, Kansas State that fell out, but uh, UTSA having a quietly solid year. Look out for them, um, as well as Louisville, Oregon State. We got some teams in here that really may make a slight impact on some bigger teams down the road, but um, we'll see how they end up doing. But yeah, that wraps up that top twenty-five talk. We love going through the polls. Big, big poll guy. Love taking a peek at them. So. That's going to be our rapid fire podcast. We got most of our stuff out of the way. I know we're running at about a little over 22 minutes. So not crazy long for us today, but that is going to do it here at the blanket coverage podcast. It is Jack Wallace, your host here. Always happy to talk with y'all. Always happy to speak with y'all. Can't wait until Noah is back for our next episode. We'll go through the rest of what's up throughout the college football world and through the NFL right before we get near our big, big NBA and college basketball previews, which are coming up. I know it's October 1st today, so we have exhibition games and basketball coming up at the end of this month as well as opening day for for NBA, so get excited for that. Can't wait till it comes. Always appreciate talking with you all. Have an excellent day. Peace out, y'all.